Father God, we praise your holy name and we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your faithfulness. May you bless this service today and those in attendance. May we show you honor and praise for who you are. We pray that you will glor be glorified today. And we ask this in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Thank you. Wonderful job. All right. What a passage. Uh, a lot of us know that passage, the Mars Hills passage. This is Paul is on his second missionary journey. And he's gone to the city of Athens. Which Athens at that time is like the university center of the world. It's the place where Socrates and Aristotle and Plato and Euripides and all those other Edies. <laughs> all those dead philosophers that you had to study back when school and you pretended to pay attention to. <clears throat> um... I mean, they all came from this city, and this city was the place. Now, these people had come before Paul was there. This was before Paul's time, but that city still had that air of being the, the, the educational, the new idea center of the world. This is where you came to hear new ideas and to listen, and new things were tried out, and new philosophies, and... and um, it was a town where they were used to hearing all kinds of things flooding in and standing and listening in the Areopagus. Now Paul is waiting for Silas and Timothy to join him there. And while he's there, he continues to be a missionary. And he sightsees. I mean, who wouldn't? It's Athens. One of the wonders of the world. It's one of those places that I'd love to see in my lifetime. I know some of you are with me on that one. You'd like to go see Athens and all its ruins and temples. And, and while he's there, he goes to this hill where there are lots of temples and statues to the gods that are worshipped at Athens at this time. As many as... 30,000 of them. Yes, I'm not as many as 30,000 different deities worshipped at this time. And you would walk around and you'd be able to see the different statues and the different temples. Petronius, uh, one of the ancient historians, says that it was easier to find a god in Athens than a man. And as Paul is sightseeing, he sees statues to Athena, who the city is named after. There's a big old Parthenon there. There's lots of different deities. That See, what they did is as people came to the city of Athens, they would just add one more god to the, the roster. You came with your own gods, add them to the roster. Why not? They're polytheistic. They have lots of gods. 
Just add them to it. Why not? And so as he walks around, he sees this statue to the unknown God, just in case they missed one. Don't want to make that one mad. So just in case we missed it, and that one's the one that wants to get vengeance on us, let's have a statue to it just in case. And to me, it sounds amazing to think that we have 30,000 different gods and statues of all different sizes, depending on how powerful that god was at the time period. It seems so foreign to me. But then I think, how much we still have that same kind of atmosphere today. We're past the age of reason, past the information age, into what's becoming a post-digital age. Information is downloaded via your computers, your phone at your fingertips. Some of you are still rocking the iPod, I know it. Didn't say there was. Your car has an onboard computer, GPS, radios, TV. We have information flooding us at all times. And with all this information flooding us, it seems as though reason and thought has not just one, but multiple truths. Multiple realities, and there is no absolutes. And we float to ideas and materials like a butterfly. Landing here, and then going over here, and then dropping down over here. We can float through ideas as fast as we can scroll on TikTok. And we look for something. I mean, think about just dieting, right? How many of you try to diet, right? I mean, I know I could stand if you lose a few more pounds. But there's not just one way to diet, right? There are hundreds of diet plans. And how many of us have tried multiple of them at the same time? I'm doing like a keto Mediterranean diet. I mean... We just pick and grab what we want. I'm on a grapefruit and alcohol diet. I mean, what, what we like, we're going to mix the, the, the ideas and put them together because there's so many realities and ideas and, and philosophies out there that we can't even begin to name them all. And we do this with things that are, it sounds silly, dieting, but we do this with truths as well. We say things like, it's my truth. And what we really mean is it's my experience and it's my ideas and this is what I, how I see the world. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying it's my truth as if truth is different for every single person in this room. But in order to be true, there has to be false. And therefore, it can't be 
everyone's not true because then someone is false. There has to be at least some kind of absolute truth. Everything, nothing works. And we are always looking for something different. Just like the people of Athens who are looking for a difference, make sure they have all the gods covered. We're always looking for something different. We always like the new, as long as we get to have the old too. Just like Athens, right? New gods, old gods, we just put them all together. It doesn't matter if the stories mix and mangle and don't and contradict. That doesn't matter to them. As long as we can rest. We like to, we, we're notorious for this as a church, aren't we? I like the new and the greatest as long as I can have it the old way too. I know the old joke for us pastors is, I want you to come in and be creative and new as long as you do it the exact same way we've always done it. <laughs> Um, we, we like the, oh, I mean, Easter, we're coming up on Easter, wonderful time, we love celebrating Easter, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt at the church, um, but you know, the, we like the old traditions and the new traditions, right, we're going to have it for, for, for church, we're going to have a, a wonderful time with the kids, we're having it for fun, but you know where the story of Easter comes from? It's from, and I've said this before, I know some of you are like, ah, not this story again, uh, the, the story of uh, Easter comes from the god, goddess Iestro, which was a, uh, a, a, a goddess in the uh, Saxon people. Um, the story come, goes that Iestro was walking through the woods and she comes across a, a bird that was injured and it couldn't survive on its own, so she turns it into a bunny. And that's why the bunny lays an egg. And she would and then, they would then hide eggs for her, and then she would in turn hide it for the children. This is what, we like the old, we like to hang on the old traditions. We like the old things, we just mix and mingle them. Um, and we live in a society that has lots of things, you know, we worship lots of gods in, in, the, in the United States, right? Do you know that? Even the ancient gods are making a full comeback. You know, you can worship Thor and Wicca and Toth is making a big comeback, uh, which is an Egyptian deity um, from ancient Egypt. Um, there, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, atheism. Yes, I know atheism. It's not technically a religion. It's a philosophy. You're still believing in something. Buddhism, self-proclaimed uh, deism. We have lots of options. And I know people that claim to be, well, I'm a Buddhist and a Christian. You know, you can be a Buddhist and a Christian. You can't be a Christian and a Buddhist, but you can be a Buddhist and a Christian. can. You can be Hindu and Christian. You can't be Christian and Hindu, but you can be Hindu and Christian. So which one do you put first? We could go on with all the different ideas that are out there, and it's difficult with all these fluctuating ideas. People are saying all these things. It's all, it becomes hard to know what truth is, doesn't it? I mean, isn't that one of our biggest arguments we're having in society? False news, false truth, fact checkers. 
We can't decide what reality is because we don't have an absolute truth. Good news for you, they're all lying to you. The news is all lying to you. But it's truth like these deities is something that can't exist long term without there being an absolute. We see so many different truths out there because we're trying to create it ourselves. We're trying to base the truth off of our realities. We're trying to be God, which is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden when they tell us that, you know, the, the serpent doesn't lie, just says, you know, you can be like God. And Well, of course I want to be like God and make my own decisions. We're trying to do it for ourselves. And so we, we take away the absolute that is a being that is absolute. Even the ancient deities of Greece, they came, they created, they will die. They were born, they will die. We as human beings seem to be created with a purpose of co-ruling, and part of that co-ruling is worship. We're created for worship. To declare worth to something. That's what worship means, to declare worth. Just like God said when, when he says, it is beneficial, or it is, your Bible probably says, it is good at the very beginning. God saw it and it was good. It was tov is the word there. It was good, it was good, it was good. He was declaring worth to it. We in his image have been born with this desire to declare worth to things. And we do work, declare worth to all kinds of things. And not all of it's bad. I mean, we declare worth to the fact that you're here today, right? You came here for a reason. You work a job for a reason. You declare worth to that job. Now, I don't know what the motivation between you, behind you working, maybe for money, maybe for your family, responsibility, because you, you're bored. I, you know, whatever reason you work or whatever reason you don't work, <laughs> there's motivation behind that. And we declare worth to that. But we're created to declare worth to And when we forget, <laughs> take our eyes off of Jesus Christ, we still declare worth to all kinds of things. We just forget what's first. And we start putting other things there. And we start not knowing what is important in our lives. And declaring worth to all kinds of things, whether it be good or bad. And we can worship all, we can worship God, we can worship Jesus, we can worship uh, self, we can worship money, we can worship material things, comfort, religion, tradition, technology, you know, food. How many of us spend a little too much time worshiping food? Um, you know, if, if when you're looking for comfort, you're stressed out in your life, and the first thing you do is go to the refrigerator, you're worshiping food.
in the ancient days, they had words for these different deities they called all these things. We've done away with that. You know, we killed God. You know, God is dead and we killed him, Nietzsche said. Well, it wasn't just one God. It was all gods. We killed them all. We still have them around. We just stopped naming them. We still worship the God of money. We just call it money. We still worship the God of sports. We just call it, you pick your favorite sport. It's hockey season, baseball season, cricket season, if you guys are into that. Yeah, I know. Some of you guys are like, crick, what? <laughs> I know. Um, it's what baseball is based off of, cricket. <laughs> um, and we all worship lots of things. People in, uh, in Athens, they worshipped lots of things, and they just wanted to make sure nothing was left out. And the message doesn't change for the people in Athens as it does today. With all that truth out there, with all those ideas out there, with all those things out there, the, the truth, the, the message is still the same. The unknown God, the one who died for you, the one above all else, is Jesus Christ. The same message that was true for them is the same message true because truth doesn't change. It's Jesus Christ. How we worship him can change. But the truth of Jesus doesn't change. And so when Paul is speaking to them and telling them about the God who came and died for them and resurrected from the dead and is now on the right hand of the throne to take away the punishment of their sins so that they will not perish but have life to its fullest and not be walking down the path of destruction if they follow him as disciples of him. The same message goes for us. If we choose to follow Christ as he is our teacher, our rabbi, we are walking him as his disciples, then we have life to its fullest. Does that mean life will be easy and great and no problems? Will, no, you still live in a world that is full of hell. It doesn't make it where the pain goes away. What it does do is give you life to its fullest. So that you can live life in a fallen world to its fullest on into eternity. And it's not just about then and there, it's about now. How do we live our lives now? Because it's what gives us life to its fullest. And Christ died for us to make us, free us from the punishment of the chains that made us slave to those sins. Before you were, accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you are chained to those sins. You, are, you don't have a choice. You are going to sin, and you're going to fall right in victim because they have you chained up. But Christ came to break those chains. So you don't have to, you may choose to, but you don't have to follow those paths. You don't have to walk down the path. You can walk down the path of righteousness.
And with all those other things that we, can have, we have out there, we have to say, is Jesus first in my life? And it's easy to say, well, of course it is. But then I look at my life and evaluate it, is Jesus first in my life? And I don't mean the false Jesus is out there. There's false Jesus is out there. You believe me? There are people, things that we've made into Jesus that they just have the name Jesus. They're not actually what the Bible teaches them. You want to see some false Jesus? Just go through TikTok. You'll find lots of them. Lots of 15-second clips of passages taken out of context. And it is a serious decision, what God we're going to serve. Because it affects the rest of our lives. Only Christ has the power to change the way you think and act and motivations behind. The things we worship, most of that won't even change our lives that much. I mean, your baseball team does well in the series or not, the only thing that might change is how much money you have because you put two, the ro- money on the wrong team. For most of us, it has nothing to do with our lives. We think it does. We act like it does. Yay, I had something to do with their victory from my couch. I heard a comedian say, it's weird. Sports people are weird. It's like we wear their jerseys and we're like pretending to be there. And it's like we don't go to our mechanic and put on their jersey and say, yay, I'm Dave. Christ came to die for us so that all this other garbage out there, all those other deities and things that pull us in all kinds of different directions, we may have one focal point, one path that leads to righteousness and life. And with all those confusions out there, it's easy to get confused. That's why I recommend recommend fasting. Fast from food if that's your problem. But fast from media if that's your problem. Your phone, your computer, TV, TikTok, whatever it is. We fast from these things so that we can regain perspective and begin to focus on one thing that is Jesus Christ. To them, the unknown God. Maybe to us, the unknown God. I want to move into a time of invitation.